Welcome to another episode of Crazy Fitness Guy Healthy Living Pack <clears throat> Podcast slash Weekly Motivation with Crazy Fitness Guy. Now, uh, I'm I'm usually at karate on Monday nights, but because I have my author friend in the building, uh, well, technically, metaphorically, uh, virtually in the building, uh, not in the same exact room. But wouldn't that be awesome? I got to meet Luke Murphy in the same exact room. Mm, that would be great. Maybe someday. Uh Exactly. We should we should definitely do it. Uh, 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 he's written uh, how many books? Is it is it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or seven four? Seven. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna full disclosure. I have not read his new book yet, but I can only say that it's gonna definitely be amazing because he's definitely an amazing author and. I'm just going to dive into it this episode without any wasting more time, because why not? Welcome aboard, Luke Murphy. Thanks so, for having me, Jimmy. It's always, it's always fun. So uh, before we get started, uh, can you give us a little synopsis about your uh, new book that just came out, I believe September-ish? Yeah, it was uh, the, end of the, the end of the month, and... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a, a little synopsis. So uh, The Cradle Will Fall is, I'd say, a sequel to Rock My Baby, which makes sense because, you know, Rock My Baby, The Cradle Will Fall. Um, so it's featuring Charlene Taylor and Calvin Waters, who are the two protagonists in my series. Um, so I have the two series going. I've decided for the second time uh, these two would be in the same book together. Uh, I originally had them together in Red Zone, which was back in uh, 2020. And um, so I decided to put them in together again as following a, a case. I don't want to give too much away uh, for those readers who haven't read it yet, including yourself. Um, so it is following the same case uh, that they followed back in uh, Rockabye Baby. So uh, for those of you who read that, it was about a baby selling ring. Uh, where American babies were being kidnapped and sold overseas. And so basically the case is opened, reopened, and um, Charlene and Calvin go overseas to the Ukraine to investigate. And, well, you'll have to read the rest to find out what happens. Leaves it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, sure. Why... Uh, what keeps you going as an author writing these books? Because uh, I, I know, like, I, I read pretty much all of them except for the recent one. And I see you, like, leaving cliffhangers and cliffhangers, twists and turns. And it's like, what, it's like, how do you get all these ideas in your head? Because, like, you know, like, sometimes my ideas just, like, uh, I can't put them all together. Yeah. Um... It, it's hard for me to pinpoint one uh, certain location or time where ideas come to me. Uh, it, it's funny because I remember when I released my first novel in 2012 and nobody really knew I wrote, like none of my friends or none of my family. Or, and uh, I remember my wife's friends coming up to her and saying, like, your, your husband has a weird mind. And uh, so, I, you know, for this novel in particular, The Cradle Will Fall, 
I kind of had the idea right as I was ending uh, Rockabye Baby, right as I was coming to the conclusion, finishing off uh, the novel Rockabye Baby. I kind of ha- had an idea how I could extend this story uh, and another path I could follow in terms of this investigation with these characters. So the idea came just as I was writing. Like, I, I, I don't know why it came out of the blue like it did, but as I was... Like, as I said, as I was uh, completing that novel, I had a like a, oh, wait, uh, this this could happen too. Um, so I kind of held on to that because I wrote another book in between, a novel in between, just with Calvin Waters. So I had to keep, keep hold of those ideas and uh, jot them down for a later date. And so uh, the novel was actually supposed to come out last year, uh, but with the war in Ukraine happening... And with my book being set in Ukraine, I, I didn't really feel it was probably a good time to, to release a book where it made the Ukraine Ukrainians and Russians look bad. So um, I waited for this year. Uh, and so I released it uh, last month, a um, couple months now ago, I guess. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's I've been very happy with reviews so far. That's good. And, yeah, I thought uh, I also just wanted to, I also I also wanted to ask like it, theoretically if 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 some Hollywood producer came to you to make a movie of uh, Charlene Taylor or Calvin Waters who would, could you see who, to applying the two? That's uh, that's a really good question. Um, so whenever I first created the novels. Uh, the characters, sorry. Um, I think you always kind of have an image in mind uh, of someone who, if, if you were looking at them, what they would look like. I know when I first created Calvin Waters, um, the, the first novel was released in 2012, but I actually started writing the story in 2005. Uh, so again, that's almost 20 years ago. And back then I had Denzel Washington in my mind. Obviously Denzel would be too old now to uh, play the part. But when I first created the character, that was uh, that was the person I had kind of envisioned as as a Calvin Waters. Um, and, and then as the years go on, you've got someone like The Rock. I think The Rock would have made a really good uh, Calvin Waters. Um, Jamie Foxx at one point was another guy I was thinking about. Uh, so certainly, you know, the guy who plays Black Panther uh, in those movies, uh, I'm, his his name, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, there's another, you know, there's been lots of lots of people on screen I see as, as potential. Um, as for Charlene, um, I never really thought as much about Charlene Taylor. Uh, Monica Potter might have been the, the one when I first originally... Uh, started writing Charlene way back in 2001. Uh, so that was when I first created uh, Charlene Taylor. Uh, I saw I had seen Monica Potter on a movie, a James Patterson movie. So, and I saw my novels as similar to the James Patterson style uh, genre and, you know, the, the short chapters, the quick reads. Uh, and I saw her in, in, um, in his movie, um, I can't think of the name of the movie now. Uh, anyways, it was it was a really good movie, and uh, she was uh, a character in there, and I kind of pictured her as maybe being uh, Charlene Taylor. But again, that was you know twenty five years ago almost. So um, 
<laughs> again, she's probably too old now to play Charlene. So, um, but it's funny you bring this up because um, I currently have a film agent uh, shopping around a Charlene Taylor screenplay that I put together with a screenwriter, um, Kiss and Tell. We turned it into a screenplay, and uh, she is currently shopping it around to producers and directors and movie companies um, and, of course, streaming services to try to uh, see if there's any interest in having a Charlene Taylor uh, movie on the, on the screen. So uh, it's good timing for that question, Jimmy, and it's a great question. Um, but as I said, who I originally had for those characters, they're, they're kind of too old now, uh, so I'd have to do some shopping around. Well, uh, uh, not to... Uh... Feel any flames of the fire to uh, in Hollywood, but uh, and maybe this might sound a little controversial, but uh, it, it, let's just say if M. Night Shyamalan comes along and offers to direct the movie, run the hell away <laughs> <laughs> only because he botched my one of my favorite shows because he oh. just didn't like it, and and, uh, and he's like, I can make it better, and it's like. Yeah, it's got like almost a not, like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so almost perfect score. And you think you can make it better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he gives me enough money, uh, Jimmy, you know, I don't know if I can turn him down. <laughs> uh, I would turn him down. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just because, uh, just because. Uh, I mean, I admit I haven't seen any of his. Uh, current films because it's just like a lot of uh, uh, terror and whatnot or um, forget everything that you know about a web browser because you will be blown away by psychic browser it's no ordinary web browser like Firefox Google Chrome Microsoft Edge and all the other web browsers out there it's based on productivity and let me just name a few other functionalities that it has it's very fast it blocks ads by default you don't see that with google chrome do you no and there's also a sidebar built-in sidebar so you can have all your <laughs> Uh, tools and systems all in one place without having to go search and wait for wait for the web page to load. It's just right there with the click of a button. Try Sidekick out below with the link in the show notes and descriptions for more information about Sidekick. It'll boost your productivity probably tenfold. Because that's what I use it for, is productivity. Check out Sidekick and tell them I sent you. I like thriller kind of stuff. That, uh, like spooky kind of stuff doesn't appeal to me. And my brain is like on automatic replay. And so it's like if I see one of those movies, I'm like, great. Now I'm going to go to bed with all that stuff in my mind. <laughs> great. Lovely. So, uh, so I admit that maybe he's learned a few from his past mistakes, but I was like, still, it, it was like, it just hurts me after watching that for two hours and what the hell did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> Worst two hour film I ever seen. And what I'm talking about is the, um, 
the the last Airbender. That's what he called it. Okay. No, not recommended. No. And there's some people, and there's a lot of people who say like it's really good, and then the people who actually saw the original series like this is really really bad. <laughs> You'll like, see a mix of people uh, with that. Nice. I'll so, take your word. So my I, my next question for you is, uh, did you during during some of these books have you ever like toyed with like killing off with one of the other main characters in the books or? or... No, that's uh, that's. You know that that's always a possibility. Um, I have had reoccurring characters uh, that have died off that have been killed. I've never had one of my major ones killed. Uh, I always wondered what the blowback would be from readers about killing off a character they had grown to love, or uh, you know that they had been uh, following for three or four or multiple books. Um, I always wondered what what authors. You know, I I write for my readers, so I wouldn't want to write something that would um, that would make them want to stop reading, right? Just, you certainly, as a writer, I have to I would try to cater to my my uh, readers. Um, so I try to I try to create characters that they can make connections with, who are you know flawed, very human. Um, again that they can relate to um so i i've never killed off one of my main characters i haven't even thought of it really um but i mean the possibility is always open right there's there's always a chance that it could happen down the line somewhere if if it fit into the story plot and if uh if i thought it would really help to uh push the story ahead push the series ahead i was the reason I brought I brought up that question is because I saw I get a lot of recommendation emails of like from Amazon about uh, genres I'm interested in and whatnot and like of course I'm a fan of James Patterson and and whatnot his latest title was like Alex Cross Must Die and like and the before that was uh, as I like, kill Alex Cross and it's like. What is wrong with this guy? It's like, are you trying to kill your main character? Like, what the hell are you doing wrong with? Yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if Alex Cross dies, because he makes uh, James Patterson a lot of money. That character, and uh, there would be no series, right? Once once he's dead, then unless unless they create somehow how his one of his children takes over his cases or something. But uh, you know, to 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 kill off a character that has made that man so much money and so much fame and fortune that it would be gutsy to do for sure. But you wouldn't hold it past James Patterson because he pretty well is uh, the master at the genre. So, uh, you know, he usually, everything he does usually turns out successful. Yeah. But I was like kind of worried. It's like, should I read this? <laughs> I was like, what, what, what the heck is going on? It's like, I know that there's bad guys trying to kill Alex Cross, but holy moly. Uh, it's like, he's like, he's trying to kill. I was like, okay, kill Alex Cross and Alex Cross must die. And it's like, uh, I know that, like his earlier novels is like, uh, wasn't even killing Alex Cross. And I was like, oh, I, I get he made enemies, but holy crap. 
<laughs> Victim number one, he must go. Yes, he has a lot of enemies for sure in those novels. So I want to I want to ask you my, my next question for you is when you writing these books, uh, how do you f- figure? Do you have the plot in mind when you're uh, doing it, or do you just like you know what, I'm going to wing it and then I might just revamp it after a while? Yeah. So every every novel has been different. Um, some novels I plot all the way out from you know first page to last page. I have the 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 problem and the solution all all figured out. Uh, and some novels, as you said, I just kind of wing it. I know how I want to get it started. I know the characters I want. So as I start writing, you know, it, it might come to me where I can go to next. And some novels I plot out as I go. So I'll plot out chapter by chapter. So I'll write a chapter uh, and then I'll leave myself notes about what I want the next chapter to read. Uh, so I've done kind of all three types of things. Uh, it's certainly a lot easier to write when you're when you plot it all out ahead of time. It's certainly uh, a lot faster to go. Um, but I don't really have a preference. Um, again, every book is different uh, and it, it depends, uh, you know, how many ideas I have going into it. So um, most of my plotting starts uh, the, in the, the two weeks of final exams at high school. So as I'm an invigilator in the gym, you know, you walk up and down the, the, the aisles of the desk, all the desks are in the gym and you walk up and down the aisles as kids are writing their exam just to make sure no one's cheating. And I'll have a little notepad with me and I'm jotting down notes uh, for my summer because that's I know that's what I want to do. The first uh, day of summer holidays is uh, start working on draft one of my new novel. So uh, I usually start planning those two weeks. So it depends how the planning goes. If I, if I have a lot of um, a lot of notes, then perfect. Uh, I can get going. If I don't have a lot of notes, then it'll be a, a wing it type of a novel. Well, I know for myself, sometimes when I'm uh, writing something um, for my articles on my website or uh, articles for publications, like I I know what I want to write in mine, but then sometimes I I just like, yeah, I'm just going to go pitch it to somebody. If they like it, great. If they don't, uh, I'll just publish myself. And it's like I published. (laughs) And yeah, that's another, like, I might have a full page of notes and I might not use any of them. Like I might start writing and say, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. I, I need to go in a different direction and, and just change my mind. So I, just like you, it's it's when you sit down and get ready to write, that's uh, when you make a decision whether you're going to write what you had planned or if uh, you're going to ad lib a little bit and, and go off the, off the path. Have you ever ex- experienced like, uh, a severe uh, writer block then uh... that's a good question um so when i when i traditionally publish so when i i traditionally publish my first three novels um and that's kind of when it's a little more stressful uh because your agent and editors and publishers are giving you deadlines that you need to hit and it, it it's you can get writer's block right you sit down and say okay i need to have 5,000 words written today and then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with writer's block and then the stress starts, right? Because you know you have deadlines. Uh, My last four novels have been self-published and I don't give myself any deadlines. Um, So if I do have writer's block, as you call it, if I sit down and nothing's coming, 
I don't stress. I just shut the computer off and go to bed, right? And then I'll get up the next day and open, uh, turn the computer back on and see what happens. So um, I never struggle from writer's block uh, in terms of, you know, days, weeks, months at a time. Um, I've been fortunate, I guess. But as a self-published author now, uh, it wouldn't stress me if I did because I just, I have nobody other than my readers. Um, that is one thing uh, with being a self-published author is you have readers waiting for your next book. So you're, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you're always waiting for, uh, sorry, your readers are always waiting for that next book. And if you go too long between books, you know, chances are I'm going to be forgotten about because I'm not James Patterson. Um, yes. He, <laughs> yes. Yes. From your lips to God's ears. Um, so if, you, if you're not a big name, well-known author, there's a chance you're going to get forgotten about if you don't have novels coming out at least once every couple of years. So uh, that's that's my pressure I put on myself is for my readers because I, I don't want to lose my readers. I, I, have, I don't have a lot of readers compared to some authors, but uh, they are certainly uh, one of the most loyal groups I've, I've ever been uh, connected with. They're, they're great on social media. They interact. They share things. They're, uh, they're giving me feedback all the time. And uh, so certainly I wouldn't want to let them down. Well, uh, to, to be honest, I will always be one of your readers, and and I'm not just saying that, especially because uh, and, and I'm sorry to admit this to you, uh, uh, and to uh, James Patterson, but I'm literally behind like like the rest of the Alex Cross series, mm -hmm. and then also this MIPD Red series I was reading. Like I'm behind two books of that probably like eight books of the Alex Cross series. And then, so, and I'm only one behind book behind yours. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I appreciate that. Certainly do. But uh, the, the fact is James Patterson comes out with a book, I think every month. So it, like it'd robotic. Be, yeah, it'd be easy to fall behind. I think he has like a whole team of writers and he just kind of writes his name on, on the, on the, on the cover. And, uh, like I think he has multiple people working for him, where he just kind of looks it over to make sure it's it's okay. But uh, yeah, for someone to 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 release as many novels as he does, it's it's unbelievable. Well, sometimes I think he's like a robot that doesn't sleep. He's he yeah. like he's secretly he's an alien from outer space. He's like six thousand books later. It's crazy. You know, I should go. I think after this, I'm going to have to Google like how many books does James Patterson have? It probably is like six million books or something. That would, yeah, that would be interesting to see. <laughs> so, what inspires you to keep going as a writer? Uh, because you said you've written how many books? Four or five? Or I've written seven. I've uh, published seven. Yeah. Oh, my apology. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, oh, that's an easy question. Uh, Absolutely, it is my uh, readers. That's what that's what inspires me. That's what motivates me. That's what keeps me going. Um, as I said, I've I have a nice little stable of of readers right now uh, who I really care about and really want to keep them. I want to keep impressing them um, and keep them entertained. So uh, that those are the people I write for. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever thought about writing a uh, spy novel? 
I, I thought about going into other genres. Um, the the thing is that for me, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I'd want to write, you know, the best novel I could. So in order for me to write in another genre, I'd have to start reading other genres and get kind of get to know what readers are looking for and things. So um, mystery, thriller, suspense, that those are the types of books I read, the type of movies I watch. So it kind of made sense for me to write in those genres. Uh, if I was going to write in another genre, I'd certainly have to do some research first to, to figure yeah. out uh, what I needed to do. Makes sense. Like, uh, for instance, I actually saw, uh, I don't know if you ever heard, uh, heard of this author. His name's Anthony Horowitz. He, yeah. uh, uh, I think I just saw something on his social media at some point. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, from Amazon, uh, he, he just started like writing a, a, uh, a James Bond novel. And mm -hmm. I was like, Huh, interesting. And it's like yeah. I think they should have just gave him that to him the first time because he was giving, he was writing all these uh, Alex Ryder books and everything. I'm like, thanks to our sponsorship with Deep Stash. You're probably wondering what the heck is Deep Stash? Well, Deep Stash allows you to learn stuff, learn new stuff every single day. You can become the smartest person in the room with unlimited access to 200,000 plus powerful ideas from top books, podcasts, and more. They have a generous free plan. And if you want to check them out, click the link below in the podcast descriptions. Either or will work. But yeah, but definitely check them out because if you're a daily learner like me and like to learn new stuff, I don't always have time to to read 11-minute articles or 15-minute articles at a uh, at uh, during the day. So with Deep Stash, I can listen to them on the go while I'm driving the car or on an airplane, etc. So go check out my friends at Deep Stash. You won't regret it. Why didn't they just go with him that the first time? I mean, I know somebody else wrote it before, but but it's like. You should have gave him permission to, like when I was at the the original stop because like he's been writing spy novels for like I think he, his next Alex Ryder's book is coming January and I think and so they uh, so it's like I think that's maybe like the I like to say the fourteenth or sixteenth book in this in the series so I'm only one behind of him so it's yeah. like. I've never read any of them, but I've heard of him. I heard he's very good. Never read any of his. Uh... He also he also kind of reminds me uh, like a little bit uh, like a love of your writing as well, just because he leaves a lot of cliffhangers. Uh, <laughs> and there's not like a, cri a criticism of criticism of uh, James Patterson, but sometimes it just feels like sometimes at the end of the book is like. Up, oh, they cut the killer, and and that's it. And it's like, if you can keep making them, it's like that's great. But it's kind of like the Bones TV show after a while, where it's like, oh, we cut the killer, and it's like, that's not realistic in real life. And it's like, as like, can you have like a continuation part two? Or thank you. Oh, we finally cut the killer, but then all of a sudden it just takes dr dramatic twist at the very end, and you're just like, your your mouth just drops open, like. 
Huh? <laughs> leaves you wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in your last book, you, you like one of the uh, people that uh, I think Calvin met, he like, you just like off to his, like off the uh, other guys just like instantly. And it's like, I was like, I thought that that was the guy who did it. And it was like, <laughs> it is often it's like, uh, obviously this is not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Luke Murphy is always uh, one step ahead of me. Damn it! I can't figure this out. <laughs> so, um, so, so my, my next question for you is: When you watching TV shows and movies and murder, uh, mystery and mayhem, so to speak, uh, uh, what kind of like? Do you get any inspiration from those stuff? And has anybody ever said, like, uh, are you a little sickened up in the upstairs area? Or, <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, like, I, I, I think I said this earlier. My, uh, my wife's friends were talking to her, like, oh, geez, your, your, your husband has a really weird mind, and I don't know what he's thinking half the time, but. Uh, for your other question about the the movies, if I watch the you know murder suspense movies and what I'm thinking and stuff, and it, you know you got to be really careful about making sure that you're not taking things from movies you watch or books you read. And uh, normally, when I'm I'm writing a, a first draft of a novel, I'm not reading anything at that time because I wouldn't want to you know subconsciously um, steal something that that was in a book or that was in a movie or something. So, um, you know, the fact is there's only so many plots in the world, uh, so many conflicts um, that eventually they're going to overlap, right? Other books, but you want to make sure to, to distinguish it somehow. Um, you know, if you're, they're comparing the two books that make yours different somehow that uh, makes readers want to read yours or make it, you know, a little bit better somehow. Um, but certainly it's, it's tough because, uh, I'm writing murder mysteries and there's a lot of authors out there writing murder mysteries. So, you know, even the, the simple thing of, as a kidnapping case, I mean, how many books and movies have you seen about kidnapping cases? There's lots of them, right? So you've got to try to do something a little different in yours that sets it apart from those other stories that are, that are similar in a way. Um, so yeah. And I, and I think that, I don't want to say it's kind of ruined movies for me, but uh, I think as I'm as I'm watching a murder mystery or something now, and I'm like, yeah, that's unrealistic, or um, you know, why why did they do that when they should have done this type thing? I think I'm a little more critical uh, of movies and and books and stuff, and and so maybe it just doesn't let me kind of relax and enjoy it as much as I probably should. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love movies, I love I love a good book and stuff, so that I still see a lot of them, but. Um, it, it might make me think a little differently because now that I write uh, stuff similarly to that, but uh, and my wife and my wife will all always say, you know, would you would you've written it like that or type thing? So it's kind of fun to just you know if if to think you know what if the author would have done this or what if the screenwriter would have went this way? Um, yeah, but. Uh, going back to your your original question, I, I try not to um, 
pull things that I've seen again, even if it's subconsciously and I don't even, you don't even think about doing it. And, and then later on you're like, Oh crap, that, that was the same thing I saw in that movie. Um, so you gotta be really careful with things like that. So my next question is for you is like, how would that work? Like, but let's just say if you didn't, I, I mean, not like, uh, I, I'm not saying like saying like oh you're you're deliberately taken from like a, a show but but let's say somebody let, theoretically let's say somebody in the show like poisons somebody or or something and it's like in your uh, in your book somebody poisons somebody and it's like how can they prove it and it's like oh you saw it from our show it's like but any murder person can literally poison somebody anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way you could prove it. I mean, it's funny because uh, my Calvin Waters um, character, I read a novel uh, a few years ago from David Baldacci, who's an excellent, one of my favorite authors. And he had a character, a main character in one of his novels that was like identical to Calvin Waters. The same, they looked the same. They acted the same. They were both former football players. Like it was like, I remember one of my readers actually reaching out to me saying, have you read this novel? You need to read this and check this character out. And I did. And I'm like, uh, wow, I, I couldn't believe the resemblances. That, and there's no way that David Baldacci, who's a world famous millionaire author, ever stole it from me. But it just goes to show that there's only so many you know, characters and plots and stuff that eventually something will overlap and um, you know, it's certainly nothing intentional. I know that he obviously didn't steal off me. He would never need to. Um, but it's funny that uh, eventually things will overlap and um, you got to know that it's not intentional that, you know, then there's cer certainly copyright uh, infringements out there that, um, you know, that people have ownership to that you can't steal. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that authors would, would steal from each other. Um, you know, they have their own ideas. And, but like you said, there's lots of times where things look very similar that it makes you wonder, like, you know, did they, did they, you know, maybe borrow something from me? <laughs> well, uh, I would like to hope that uh, writers don't uh, steal from others. And also like, for instance, uh, I was reading this other book and it got me thinking it's like didn't i just read something similar to this thing but i was like but but then my like my brain kind of had like a brain fart because i i read a lot of different books throughout the year and say like, i can't pinpoint it but i was like but i was like i'm just gonna let that theory go just because it's like it's like i'm not gonna dig myself through, through all of that because like what good is it going to come to? And I was like, not really much. And I was like, it might make me look bad. And I was like, Jimmy, you have too much time on your hands. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my next question for you is where, where, where do you think you would see Calvin and Char and Charlene in the next couple of years? Um, well, I'm hoping I'm still writing novels featuring the, those two protagonists. I know I've had great reviews and great uh, comments from readers that they love the characters. So, um, 
certainly I'd like to continue to have them grow. Um, you know, and they're going to get older. So uh, certainly things are going to change in their lives, right? Priorities change and uh, ideas change and, you know, what's important to them will change. Um, you know, I don't want to give too much away because I don't really know a whole lot, but, you know, certainly families might might be created, you know, children come along, uh, things like that. You've, you know, it, it's... It, it's going to be a book to book basis. Um, see, and a lot of times the stories will take me places I've never really thought about. Right. Uh, the characters and play and, and stories will take me places that, uh, weren't on my radar to begin with. And, uh, I'll have ideas as I go along. So, um, you know, that's a pretty good question. I've never been asked that before, but I certainly would like to, uh, continue writing, uh, both, uh, from Charlene and Calvin's, uh, perspectives. Um, yeah, I, I was actually also talking to someone else today about uh, how uh, I'm feel very related to uh, Calvin in many ways. Uh, I've been like I'm, I'm never played football or whatnot, but uh, I've. I actually just uh, been diagnosed with mild arthritis in my right knee, and I was like, "Wow, I can act!" And I feel very relatable to uh, Calvin Waters here, and it's like because I remember in the books he, he suffers from different arthritis from and severe pain in certain places due to football injuries and whatnot. But it's like, oh. At least now I can feel relatable to enough <laughs> to, to, uh, to a, f- a fictional character, and they that's good. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know I know uh, other people in real life would have have arthritis as well, but but it's like but it's uh, it's also enjoyable to be able to relate to uh, a, a, a fictional book character, especially because I. Hmm, you know, I was like, I, I read this book. I, I read a lot of the Luke Murphy's books, and it's like, I like being relatable to these characters. It's like, it feels great. And- yeah, and I was the same as a reader. I mean, and and that's what I try to create for my 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 readers is characters they can make a connection with, they can relate to. Uh, I know I'm a fiction writer, but. I want things as close to reality as possible, whether that's plots or characters or details. Um, you try to make it as close to reality. And so I think that um, the more you can get readers to root for a character, the more they'll want to read about them. So my next question it is like a theoretical question. Could you ever see uh, Calvin Waters and Charlene T- Taylor start dating? Oh, absolutely. I could see that. Um, and I've had other people, uh, readers ask me about that, that, um, you know, they thought that there'd be hints in there that, oh, oh my gosh, um, are they going to get together or whatever. Um, but I did, I did create, uh, they're both in committed relationships right now with other people. Um, so, but I would never say never down the road, never know what happens. Uh, in this novel, Cradle Will Fall, they actually are um, playing the part as husband and wife uh, for the, the, the undercover case they're working. So 
um, you know, there's always a hint there. Always is something going to happen? Is there going to be a spark uh, as they're sharing a hotel room, et cetera? Um, is anything going to happen? So, um, you know, down the road, I never uh, say that's not a possibility. It's I'm, I'm always open to, to, to new ideas. I, I so can't wait to read this book because I, uh, and like, uh, Hydro Flask is the best water bottle in my opinion because it keeps my water nice, cold, and refreshing throughout the day. And yes, I do drink a lot of water throughout the day, so even though it stays long, colder for longer, I still like uh, having a reusable water bottle like Hydroflex because it just sits on my desk and uh, it just sits on my desk and reminds me, hey, you got to drink water. And, and Hydroflask, uh, it keeps it cold longer, which makes me want to drink more water throughout the day because, you know, there's nothing worse than drinking warm water. Uh, go to hydroflask.com and, and use the link in the show notes. And yes, I do get a small commission from Hydroflask, so, which also helps support the show. So uh, tell them I sent you. Use the link below. And uh, yeah, check out hydroflask.com for more information. Have you ever, um, has uh, this book ever been uh, transformed into an audio book yet? I'm in the middle of doing that actually right now. I'm, uh, my narrators are done their clips and I'm just uh, listening through them, uh, checking for any editing issues. So, uh, you know, background noise or uh, repetition or stuttering or pauses that shouldn't be there. Or uh, so I'm actually in the, I'm about halfway through. So, uh, I'm hoping for maybe a January release for that. Yeah, I said to somebody that I could. I don't think I could ever do a uh, like a narration for an audio book because my voice sounds like a nails on a chalkboard every time <laughs> when I listen to myself talking in podcasts and people's like, your voice is not bad. And it's like, it's not a James Earl Jones voice. It's not Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Um, my voice is like, I can't stand it. <laughs> no, your voice isn't that bad, but I think that everybody, we, we just naturally don't like the sound of our voice. I know I'm, I'm the same when I listen to one of my interviews or whatever afterwards. I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like that. I, I could never narrate one of my own novels. There's just there's just no way. Well, here, here's a fun fact. I, I, I uploaded a YouTube video on my channel just uh, a day, two days ago. Actually, yeah, two days ago. And... Actually, sorry, three days ago, and the person, and it was me presenting at my aunt's school. You can barely hear any words what I'm saying. It was filmed on my aunt's phone, and I was like, "If I knew it was going to be this terrible quality," uh, and I, I mean, the people in the room can hear me, but the microphone on the phone couldn't hear me. I was like, and. 
I was like thinking to myself, my aunt has an iPhone and everything. And, and yes, I'm going to stir up some drama. I know here, here comes. Uh, I was like, Oh, way to go. Apple It's like, you can't make a decent microphone for a thousand dollar phone. And my, and I know I'm going to get some kickback on that, but I'm an Android user. So what are you going to do about that? <laughs> so, but, but I was like, Oh, that's terrible quality. If I if I knew, I'm, I, I know I can re-upload it, but I was like, okay, you know, maybe sometime next week, if I have time, I'm going to take it off of YouTube and I'm going to put in my video editing tool to make it higher because you can't hear anything. I'm like, and I just pitched this to my my middle school to speak at it. I was like, oh, that's great. I knew it was going to be this crappy. I wouldn't even send it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. I was like, they should have gave me a microphone. But um, <laughs> so my next question for you is, what do you think uh, – let's say if one of your uh, books – does come into a movie which book would you want it to be um see i always pictured uh calvin waters as being on the screen um so dead man's hand the first calvin waters uh, novel i always thought i don't know just when i was creating that novel i always pictured it so I, as I was going scene by scene, I was picturing frame by frame of what it would look like on screen. Um, but when uh, the screenwriter, my screenwriter friend that I just met that reached out to me um, about turning my novels into screenplay, he chose Kiss and Tell. Uh, he chose the Charlene Taylor series because he said that right now, um, Hollywood is all about leading ladies. Um, female protagonists are really uh, becoming popular right now in Hollywood. So he thought that had the best possibility of being picked up. So that's the one I had always pictured Calvin Waters, but we, we did the, the Charlene Taylor series as a screenplay because he thought that would have the best, um, the best option of being uh, picked up by studio. Well, uh, if you don't mind, uh, if I share you with a, an opinion, I could see uh, the very first Charlene Taylor novel and then maybe an introduction to uh, Calvin Martyrs with Charlene. So then there's like, oh, okay, here's an introduction to Calvin. And then, and then, and then like it, as a possibility, then there's like, oh, and it's like, and then, if they want to introduce Calvin as a standalone, then they can uh, do that. But just as like, oh, it's not a male than a female; it's a female than a male, whatever. However, one wants to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, because like, it, uh, it, just from my point of view, like you know, Calvin is kind of like rough around the edges a little bit, and if something's not very familiar with reading the books and whatnot. It is like, oh, that's a little rough around the edges, uh, and I can't. And it's like this could be rated R or what or whatnot. I'm not saying it would be, uh, uh, but I, I mean, like, I don't know who rates the movies and whatnot. But it's like this, this could be rated R due to like Calvin, like uh, 
beating the crap out of people in Las Vegas, so to speak. Uh, no spoilers. Oh, okay, spoiler. <laughs> and then, and then, but like then, Charlene Taylor, who, who who plays by the rules to an extent, uh, she's a badass. Yeah, she really is. You're right. Yeah, I would not want to mess with her. Nope. <laughs> Tough cookie. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Oh, mm-hmm. good thing. Oh, well, yeah. Good thing that uh, Calvin d- doesn't uh, end up with her. Yeah, because uh, imagine if you had to buy her a birthday present. Holy crap! And it's like <laughs> that would be one picky person. Is like, what do I pick out for her? Yikes! <laughs> you know what? Here's a fun question I want to ask you. <laughs> if the two, if Calvin uh, and uh, Charlene ended up together. Could you see them like picturing? Could, could you picture them like having a lot of fights because of the two that would just butt heads together? Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, they are very um, maybe too similar in attitude, right? They they both want to get their own way. They they don't really necessarily work well with others. Um, they both, you know, they both have their own ideas and. Uh, as I said, they they want things done their own way. They're perfectionists at, at what they do. They oh, they want to be the best at everything. And um, yeah, they they might collide. Their egos could collide for sure. But um, the two books that I wrote with them, they you know they seem to work well together as a team. Uh, again, that would be totally different in a relationship. But uh, just as a team, uh, they seem to get along well and kind of feed off each each other and not not necessarily trying to one up each other, but um, being motivated and inspired by each other. Could you ever see Calvin Waters like joining the task force with Char, uh, Miss Charlene and being his like new so-called partner, not like romantic partner, but partner partner? Yeah, no, I I I don't think Calvin likes to to play by rules or laws. I think he likes to be able to take the law into his own hands when he when that call that's called upon. Uh, I don't think he, he, I, you know, we write him as, as not really someone who loves police officers, uh, loves the law. Um, so he's, you know, he's got a brother in law enforcement. Uh, and then he has his best friends uh, who are detectives in, in Vegas, too. So uh, I think he just likes kind of being a cowboy uh, and being able to do his own thing and not worry about uh, whether he's breaking a law or not or breaking a, the police code. Yeah, I think I think you um, what you did with Calvin Waters. He he was a uh, private investigator, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I definitely like that. Uh, that I think what's kind of fun about those books is because it's like sometimes you like. The average Joe on uh, is like, oh man, I wish I could do something about this, but I have no, I can't do anything about this or anything. But when you're reading about it, it's like, it's kind of like those feel good TV shows. It's like, and I'm like, wouldn't that do it just be kind of, uh, oh, you know, I, I, there's this uh, movie called The Champions with uh, Woody Harrison, Halls, Her- I, I, I can't Nelson. pronounce his last name. Woody Harrison? But, yeah. Uh, and he uh, he's teaching this, like, group of special, uh, I don't want to say special needs, 
equipped with extra challenges. Yeah. Uh, with all different personality types and whatnot. And they all have, uh, and these actors who they all have the, those challenges in real life. They're not just like portraying it in the movies. And I, I, one thing I really liked about it, and one thing I would like them to, I, I could have seen um, the main character played uh, by Woody would have been like, well, not to give away spoilers, but like one of the people on the team gets fired from his job. I'm not going to say which job, but he's like, I could see them like writing a letter to a, a article in the newspaper and getting those restaurants shut down, or, or I mean, sorry, the business shut down. And I was like, that been really cool. But they went some other kind of way, and, and which is kind of weird because. And it didn't make sense to me because uh, anybody could look up anybody on the internet and see if the person's real or not. So I was like, that would never happen in real life because it's like, and it's like, and in the whole uh, movie, you got to, they all have like smartphones and whatnot. So it's like, okay, this is not like flip phones and whatnot. So it's like, anybody can look up anything anywhere. So it's like, this is not realistic to me. And it's like, the letter would have been, uh, the article would have been so much like a nice touch to it. And it's like, uh, but that's, that's just my point of view. But, uh, but basically my point was, to, uh, I don't know where my point was going on that, but <laughs> oh, my point was that it was basically just it was like a feel good movie, but it's also just a, a like something's like oh I wish I could do something like that, and it's like just to help someone out, and it's like oh just be kind of like Calvin Waters, and say like, I don't play by the damn rules. There you go. <laughs> not, not like not like uh, like illegal or whatnot, but just, but just like. Uh, but but it's like oh, I wish I could tell this to somebody, but I can't do this. Just uh, <laughs> because like it would ruin my reputation or someone else's reputation. It's like it's like if only you could go break into that person's office. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so my last few question is, uh, where can people follow you, find you, and learn more about who you are and what you do, and where can they find your books? Yeah, so um, I'm on all social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, or X, I guess they call it now. Uh, just look up Author Luke Murphy. I also have a website, uh, authorlukemurphy.com. Uh, they can join my mailing list on my website. Um, as for my books, uh, the ebook is available on Amazon. Um, paperback also available on Amazon and maybe in bookstores and libraries. You, you need to go to the, your local bookstore to find out. Uh, again, I don't know which bookstores carry it. Uh, I never know unless I go in and actually look for them. Um, but your best bet is always Amazon. I'll look up Luke Murphy and uh, I've got seven novels on there. And the audiobooks, all my audiobooks are also on um, audible.com. Uh, so if uh, you're interested in that, uh, again, Rockabye Baby is on there, but The Cradle Will Fall, my newest novel, is not on there yet. Hopefully, uh, well, certainly in 2024, it will be on there. So uh, that is a, a current work in progress. And my my next question for you is, 
who's your favorite podcaster and why? And uh, feel free not to say me. <laughs> well, it would be you, to be honest. I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I like listening to sports shows, so anything in sports I enjoy. Um, again, I'm... I, I don't, you know, when I'm in the the vehicle, I'm usually means I'm I'm driving one of my daughters somewhere, uh, so I'm probably listening to their crappy music that they listen the kids listen to these days. Um, and as I walk to work every day, so I probably just listen to uh, downloaded playlists of '80s music that I listen to. Uh, I'm still living in the '80s, so I still like my '80s rock. Um, but I, yeah, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I will listen to um, um, sports podcasts or sports shows uh, as much as, you know, I like, you know, I like these gambling shows that break down different games and they, they kind of give a, a different view of, of how people watch sports and um, Spittin' Chicklets is, is, is a really good one. I've listened to a few times. It's a, it's a hockey podcast, which... As you know, I'm a former hockey player, so I still uh, love following the game. So, um, but certainly, Jimmy, you are one of the best uh, around that um, that you can't beat. So, and you always have me on your show whenever possible. So, it's another reason to to give you a listen. Woohoo! Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, I I was you know. Our very first interview, I was telling somebody the other day that it's still there. And it was like, I think it was like my first book I read from you. And I was like so nervous of meeting you, even though like I, even though it was like not even face to face, it was just over my phone. It was like the worst quality of audio ever on my end. I was like, no microphone, absolutely crap and like i mean the content was great just the sound quality was crap and then and then finally i got this video this editing tool and uh and, and just how it magically makes everything sound clearer and everything else it's like if i if there was no technology today to do that it's like I'd be kind of screwed. <laughs> well, like, look how how much your your show's grown and how far you've come. So, congratulations to you with sticking with it and work putting in the hard work. And uh, you know, you deserve all the success you're getting now. Thank you, and uh, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to reading your book. And I'm sorry I haven't uh, read it yet. I've been meaning to, but with my trip to Ireland and like with my trip to Ireland, it was like. Pretty much every day we were on the move from, from like, let's say nine o'clock in the morning all the way to like six o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, ah, oh, I need a vacation from this vacation. It's like <laughs> 10 days, boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh, I'm exhausted. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Jimmy. And, you know, don't stress over not reading the novel. Whenever you get to it, you get to it. I know uh, you're you're a great fan of mine, and uh, you do a lot to help uh, support and promote my work. So, uh, you know, I, and again, anytime you want me to come on your show, I'm happy to do it. It's it's always a lot of fun. Definitely, and uh, I always enjoy reading your novels, and uh, and I and I, and I just wanted to say that because I I, I mean. Um, not that part, but I was like, I just wanted to apologize because it's like, I was like thinking, it's like, 
uh, Luke Murphy's going to think I'm a deadbeat for not reading his new book. I was like, <laughs> hey, how dare you talk about my new book and you didn't even read the damn thing. I mean, not the not damn thing. Not at all. You know, life's busy and you got a lot of things going on. So don't worry about it. And to be honest, like all the library books I literally bought and borrowed uh, digitally from my Kindle on break, just literally all lapsed in. It's like return, 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 return. It's like, okay, so I, I borrowed all these books thinking I was going to read all of them. And I only probably read, I think, a book and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like behind on reading. Whoops. <laughs> all good. I gotta go kick my butt for more reading. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it was nice having you on, and you're always welcome on. And uh, I, I'm gonna definitely, uh, once I finish this current book, I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna send you a review about it. Uh, Love it. Thank on you. my website, and eventually on Amazon. Thank you so much, Jimmy. I appreciate you having me on. Take care, and all the best. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's all the time we have for today. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review, subscribe to the show. And until next time, you can follow me on Jim McClure Speaker on Facebook and Instagram and Jim McClure Speaker on Twitter. You can follow Crazy Fitness Guy at Crazy Fitness Guy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I'm sorry, X. And if you want to uh, – and also, uh, I – I want to say this? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say subscribe to the monthly newsletter. So, uh, because I just launched our Discord chan server. I keep wanting to call it a channel. I launched a Discord server. So make sure you uh, join it and you get some extra perks. And there's no Mark Zuckerberg like on Facebook. So, so uh, check out the uh, Discord, Discord server. Uh, oh, I forgot I had to uh, add it to the newsletter. So, yeah, just subscribe to the newsletter and I'll send it to you by uh, the newsletter. Uh, and in the meantime, st I'll be back for another brand new episode of Crazy Fitness Guy. How's the live podcast slash weekly motivation with Crazy Fitness Guy? In the meantime, peace. <laughs>